Welcome to another episode of the Duke Lot Show. And today we have a very special guest that we want to introduce to the audience. We have Miss Candace Heckler, uh, CEO of Agape Productions, which is a video media production company. And she creates um, and produces original content for streaming platforms, uh, network television. She serves as a manager that has very various administrative uh, roles that allow her to function and be a, pers a personal business manager, making sure that her artists and her high-profile pro authors and speakers and entertainers are efficiently organized and executed. She is a faith-based entertainer who performs comedy that inspires, uplifts, and edifies the audience. As a visual storyteller, she has a very powerful personal transformation tool. As a photographer, she captures the human experience with words. She writes, um, she performs comedy, and she has an active imagination. And I would like to say that she uh, gives all glory uh, to the Lord, and she is restored um, of his gift for his glory. Uh, so I would like to introduce Miss Candace, and how are you today? I'm blessed. Thank you so much for allowing me this privilege to sit with you for the next 40 minutes or so. <laughs> well, we thank you here and um, here at the Duke Live Show. What we have is we focus on diversity and we focus on um, having a positive um, energy that allows us to experience different cultures and uh, different lives and different backgrounds. So if you can uh, bring the audience into a little bit more about Miss Candice, uh, that would be great. Tell us more about yourself. Sure. First of all, I just want to give a shout out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who without him, I am absolutely nothing. He's like the greatest inspiration. He's why I breathe. He's why I do what I do. And I try to do live my life in accordance to what the Bible says. I'm not 100% accurate because my sin kind of catches up with me from time to time. But mm -hmm. I really try to, by the end of the day, at night, I try to rerun, rewrite, rerun how my day went to see if I glorified the Lord in every word and every deed. And that's how I'm trying to live out my faith. I have amazing children. I'm, I'm a mom of five. I have three biological sons and one adopted daughter and one adopted son. Mm -hmm. And the reason for the adopted children is just in case the biological children don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a son with autism and he, he's just, he has just given me such a keen insight to our frail humanity and also raised a daughter, adopted daughter, um, who is, has cerebral palsy. And out of all the things that I have ever done or ever accomplished through Christ, it's the children that is my greatest reward, having five children. And I there's like no accolades. I mean, Academy Awards, whatever. There are no, there's nothing greater than being a mom. 
Oh yeah. And so I am I am such a blessed woman and I have five amazing grandchildren and I just try to spend as much time with my family as I can. That's a blessing and um I'm so glad that you uh introduced that to me because I didn't know that and um I have a daughter with autism. Uh, so um, that part of the story I can relate with and is very special to me. My daughter is getting ready to be four. And um, so um, they call her high, function, high functioning autistic. Yes. And yes. Um, uh, she, she's been a blessing in my life. She's taught me how to slow down a little bit. And mm -hmm. she's taught me patience and she's taught me... Um, uh, how to work with her and how to see different cues that she might have. And so tell me in your experience, how, how was it uh, raising a child with autism? Oh, wow. That is such a long story. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you the cliff notes on okay. that. First of all, he wasn't diagnosed until he was 17 years old. Okay. And it wasn't because of my, of anything that I did. I tried to tell the medical professionals for, at least 13 years, his doctor, all of his staff, his teachers, I just said, hey, there's just a little something, you know, that's just a little bit um, different about him. And, you know, a lot of times people say, well, he's just uh, quirky. One teacher called him quirky. Quirky. I don't yeah. can't even say it. <laughs> quirky. Um, <laughs> I've heard quirky, it before. Right. Yeah. And then one other teacher said he's eccentric. Okay. And I'm like, no, I'm eccentric. He's got something <laughs> else going. He's got something else going on. Yes. So I finally had gotten to the moment where I said, look, to the for the doctor, I said, my son has an issue. I'm the mom. I know these things. I've raised four other children, and he is just. This is just something that I is not on my radar. And I said, so. This is what we're going to do. So either you're going to give me a prescription for a neurological evaluation, or I'm going to keep finding a doctor in, that will give me that prescription. And once they did the eval, it took them three months to do the uh, like a very comprehensive evaluation. There were five mental health challenges that he has. And yes. I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay. But you know what? The grace of God, I, you cannot ever, you can't discount what the Lord's doing. Yes. Because I tell you what, if I hadn't known when he was three years old, because that's when I suspected that there's, there was something wrong, mm -hmm. I probably would have coddled him and right. I probably would not have expected anything from him because of his diagnoses. Yes. So Jesus was extremely strategic in not giving me the full information until he was 17. <laughs> and then, and yeah. then around the time he turned 17 and, you know, he's going into adulthood and right. I amped it up. I was like, I don't care about your diagnoses. Get right. in there and take that trash out right now. Yes. Go upstairs. And so I just want to just encourage any parent that is listening mm -hmm. to this podcast right now that has a child with special needs, yes. we could continue to expect the most out of our kids. We do not, because of labels, we do not 
You know, we do not allow them to say, oh, woe is me, and I can't do this, I can't do that. My favorite scripture verse for, for him was, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And oh, yeah. I plastered it in his room. It was on <laughs> everything in his room. Yes. So, yes. So that I just want to encourage uh, parents that are, have special needs kids or yes. adults. Just keep on keeping on. And, oh, yeah. and the Lord, I promise you, the Lord will get you through it. Yes. There were times where I just cried myself to sleep at mm -hmm. night. And because it is so encompassing, people don't understand that you are committing your entire life. Yes. It's a sacrifice oh, yeah. of who everything that you are and everything that you'll ever be. I mean, I had to take a 20 year sabbatical <laughs> from my company yeah. to raise my kids. And right. thank God for the, you know, the ability to do that. Some people have to work. Yes. And so I just want to encourage anybody with a special needs child or adult or anyone that you're caring for, mm -hmm. his mercies are new every morning. And even if you have to go to bed at six o'clock to get that new mercy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's such a blessing to be able to share that story. And I'm so glad you did that. And I know the audience would appreciate that because um, a lot of us are going through that kind of situation with our children and uh, people have different family members that go through the same thing. So that's very touching. And um, I'm so glad you sh you shared that. And leading into um, the sabbatical that you took, I would like to, you know, ask you, how long have you been in the enter entertainment industry? And uh, what led you into the entertainment industry? And what is your expertise and concentration? Oh, wow. You're very, very deep. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so my company was actually conceived in 1998. And then by 2001, I sought out um, incorporation. And yes. the reason for it is because it was cheaper than therapy. Okay. Because I was going through some some issues, some personal trauma mm -hmm. in my life. And I'm like, look, this can either make me or break me. Yes. So I, pr I prefer being made as opposed to being, you know, broken down. And so right. I was like, Lord, I need you to help me figure out what I can do to to kind of distract me from all of this personal trauma okay. in my life. And he said, right. And I was like, that's going to help. <laughs> and he, he he's absolutely right. A hundred percent correct. So I wrote a book yes. and it's entitled women of the Corinthian cafe. Mm -hmm. And I actually started it when I was 18 years old okay. and just never finished it because I went to college and then I got distracted about, you know, just life. Right. Challenges you get, you know, you kind of get off your your mark. Right. And I, so I wrote this story, this love story, and it was called Just Another Love Story. Mm -hmm. And then, so I picked it up and I said, you know what? Maybe I should just finish this story. And I said, yeah, I am. 
but I'm going to add more characters to it. And then, so I ended up adding three women to the storyline, <laughs> more trauma. And then, yeah. I mean, all my friends, they, they, they always say to me, Candace, I know this is us. I was like, no, <laughs> this, this is all my it's not overactive. You. It's, it's not true. Trust me. It, it, might, it might sound like you, but it's just my overactive imagination. Right. You know, developing these characters because look yes. when the lord gives you an anointing you the gifts are without repentance right. and sometimes i'm laying in the beds half sleep and the lord has given me another concept for a book or a movie or tv show and i'm like lord can i just sleep can, can, can you give me the information again in about eight hours i right. need to do seven and a half hours and then you can give me that. But I mean, I've got in my head, I've got like hundreds of thousands of people yes. that I, yeah. So I might as well do something with it. You yeah. know, a lot of us, I think it was Miles Monroe who said it best. He said that the cemetery is filled with so many great ideas, you know, yeah. that people never got to, to say, right. to ever do them. And I'm not going to be one of those because I'm right. writing it all down. Yeah. And if I don't have the privilege of producing and and distributing and doing all of that, I got some heirs. I got my grand. I already have my granddaughter picked out for right. getting my vault. My vault. Right. And hopefully she will, because she's very into the arts. Right. Hopefully she will be, you know, one that's going to carry the torch. And that's awesome. So. That's awesome to say that because that's like. That's something that's better than money, you know, to pass down. Right. Of course, money helps, but when you pass mm -hmm. down art like that, you know, right. it, it gives the it gives the next person the the opportunity to make it grow, to make it real, and and to put it out there. So, um, I want to ask, how does um it work for you in, in as far as what you believe, as far as religion and production, and where does it start and where does it end and what will you not do and what will you do? How does that work for you? Okay, let me start with what I won't do. Yeah. I will not compromise who I am as a Christ one. Yeah. There's been so many offers on the table from secular agencies or organizations or networks, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And the recurring theme is, well, you can't say Jesus. I'm okay. like, oh, yes, I can. Watch. Watch right. me. Jesus. <laughs> you know? Right. Or, or that character can't talk about this or can't talk about that. And, and yeah. I'm like, you know what? That sounds like censorship. Right. And I believe in freedom of speech. Yes. And if I have to be... Um, exposed with all of the stuff that's going on in the media. Look, we need to even this out. If I got to be exposed to somebody, you know, having gratuitous sex on TV or somebody swearing or whatever, whatever said, let's just even this out. So let me allow to tell my stories of hope. Right. You know, in an effort to bring people to him, it it's all about for me, it's about evangelizing and edifying and exhorting our audiences we don't need any more gory stuff we don't need violence we don't need what is 
those movies, those scary movies, those horror flicks. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. Our time is short on earth. We need, our lease is almost up. We need to give people some hope. Right. And we need to point them to Jesus Christ. So I will not do anything that's going to compromise who my daddy is, and my, dad, my heavenly father. That's so wonderful to share because um, my show, our show, the Duke Lodge show is about everyone having a seat at the table and being able to express what they believe. And just because I may believe different than you or you different than me, that doesn't make us um, have to have to fight each other. We can talk and, you know, agree to disagree and, yes. you know, compromise and, and just learn about each other. So um, that tells me about your mission in life. It tells me what you're about and how you feel. And if you could bring the audience into a, a version of what your mission in life is, that would be wonderful. Yes. So tell us about the mission that you have what what is it what is what's the goal of agape productions right so right now we're in development we have a television series pilot mm -hmm. it's called unto the least of these and it's um about the group it's a group of social workers who are eclectic and have their own dysfunction okay and they're trying to serve these homeless people on the south side of Chicago, the homeless people are coming in with their issues, but the backstory is the people that are serving the homeless have more dysfunction than the homeless they're serving. So we're actually exploring the lives of the people who are considered the helpers. Okay. And so we have some pretty amazing uh, characters. Uh, we've already done a 14 minute trailer. Wow. Well, it's not, it's not really a trailer. It's called a concept. Okay. And it's 14 minutes and I think it's still on IMDB. And so we're just at the process of trying to be financed. And, yes. and as soon as that check is written to us, yes. then we can move into pre-production. -pre we've already have our staff. We already have, I have my attorney. I, I We have everybody. Yes. Um, it's just, you got to have money behind all of, oh, you know, yeah. all of this vision. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm totally convinced that God has a strategic plan according oh, yeah. to Jeremiah 29, 11. And look, I'm going to wait. Yes. I figure if... Colonel Sanders was 65 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I'm not, I don't want to tell my age on, on, on to the public. Don't do that. We don't but, do that. But, 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 <laughs> if, if Colonel Sanders could, could crank out some, some good fried chicken at 65, then I, I must still be in my prime right. by the time this is, this gets settled. So hey, I'm, and I'm just... And we, we love Colonel Sanders, so um, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure when that's released, we're all going to love it and we're going to check it out. And uh, and it's such a blessing to be able to get to that point to do all the pre-work. Um, yes. And then it just takes that final step and, and that's going to come for you. And right. I know a lot about that in writing and just mm -hmm. doing different projects. It's always good to do the work because a lot of times people, they think you just pop up and they don't understand that. Yes. It took a lot of work to get I, here. I, this is my. This is what I tell everybody. I'm an. I've been an overnight success for thirty years. Hey, that's right, right. <laughs> so I want. Right. I want to ask. Um, uh, how do 
how did you come about to start that company? How did you come about to start your company? Right. Okay. So, so what I said earlier was pain, Mm -hmm. like it was completely like I was going through some personal trials and tribulations and instead of me saying, Hey, I'm depressed. And I took all of that negativity and I just started writing. I wrote three books in two years. Yeah. I wrote women of the Corinthian cafe, and that's going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. I wrote cast the first stone. That's going to be a movie. Actually, those two projects, we could probably get two or three seasons, um, on net, not Netflix, no name drop. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we could probably get three or four seasons out of those two projects on streaming platforms. Right. And then unto the least of these can either be on a cable um, network or it can be on any of the, you know, the networks, mm-hmm. the ABC, CBS, Fox, any of them, um, yes. Apple TV. We, you know, we don't care. We just want the word out. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with waiting. And, and while I'm waiting, I'm, producing more content. I'm writing more content. I, you know, I do have yeah. another job. I'm not, this yes. is not my livelihood. Thank God. Cause I would starve. <laughs> um, but I, I'm also a conference speaker. I'm a comedian, stand up yes. comedian, yes. comedian. And what else do I do? I'm a pastor Yeah. in my spare time. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. So the good thing about it is the Lord is bringing, finally bringing it to the public because we've won nine awards. Right. We've either had official selections or we've had awards. I think I won about maybe five or six awards with this wow. uh, with this TV series, Unto the Least of These, right? So there's an audience for it. It's yes. just, you know, somebody just trying to figure out like, hey, what? how can we do this? And the beautiful thing about this is I am a minority, thank God, and I'm a woman. Uh And so my corporation, we will definitely be able to get some type of film credits. And and we're all about empowering minorities and and even people that have special needs. I, I am so like wanting to get people with autism or people who have some physical disabilities on our staff. I I like to hire them and veterans. I love our vets. Yes. And so we're, we're trying to be as diverse as possible and the homeless, we're actually going to utilize people that are experiencing homelessness as our actors, our extras. We will, you know, we want, we do want uh, professional actors for the lead roles only because you got to tell the story, right? (laughs) Right. But as far as our extras, we're going to bring them in. We did it with our, with our 14 minute screener. We brought in um, this uh, agency of men that were like incarcerated, formerly incarcerated. They came in. Uh-huh. They were our extras. Right. They uh, did our food. There was a couple of guys who did craft services. We had production assistants. So this is a ministry. This is not yeah. all about just telling stories. Right. This is about effectively bringing in people who are marginalized in our society and yes. giving them a hope. Definitely. You know, and, and helping them to develop their own dreams. Yes. and. They're so talented. They're 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 amazingly gifted. 
and we want to be able to showcase their talent as well. And that's one of the things that the show is about. And I'm so glad you said that it's about diversity and it's about, you know, everybody being able to uh, have the same opportunities. And I'm so glad it made my, my, my skin kind of tingle a little bit when you said mm-hmm. about hiring the, the homeless and, and making sure that they have things to do because people need that. They need to feel important. They need to feel wanted. And just mm-hmm. to be, even if it's just a small thing, that small thing can help a person. You never know what that small thing might do for right. that person. And I want to ask you, how does... Um, what's your diversity advice and what do you see as where we are as a country as being tolerant towards different faiths, different religions? And um, how do we uh, uh, all come together to be able to experience each other? Wow, that is a very, very interesting question. Thank you for that question. Well, we just celebrated Juneteenth, right? Yes. And the gathering. I, yes. Yeah. And I I'm a, I'm just a little bit as a whole, so the you know, the United States and it's a federal holiday. Yes. I was just a little bit perplexed by why we did not see a lot of people celebrating where I live. I live in a very Caucasian community. Yes. And when I referred to happy holiday, did you have a good holiday today? They were like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, that kind of stings. Yeah. And then to find out that some of my colleagues were working on that day. And so I would say that we have a extremely long, long way to go. And I'm really, I'm getting a little bit frustrated with our apathy, especially the church. The church, we, we are definitely not living up to the standards that God has espoused. Yeah. Especially when he says the first commandment, the greatest commandment is to love God first. And then the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. So if the Lord put those priority, if he put that type of stamp on loving your neighbor, well, wouldn't you think that that would be something that we would be doing as the body of Christ? Yes. And and Martin Luther King said it best when he said 11 o'clock at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. I can't remember. 11 o'clock is the most on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour. And yes. that's pretty sad. Yes. And like I was saying earlier, our lease is up coming up yeah. really soon on earth right. and the church we have to start with the church the body of believers we got to stop this country club stuff where you are in worship with people who look like you who walk like you who talk like you who drive what you drive live in a similar house as you are you do yes. we have got to stop having these clicks we have got to bring other people into our inner circle. Yes. We have got to go out into the highways and the byways and bring in the marginalized people yes. and say, hey, 
I'm going to do life with you. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. ask their permission first yeah. and, and just say, I don't ask permission. Like yeah. if there's somebody I want to get to know, I'll go right up to you in Home Depot or Wally World, Walmart. <laughs> and I'll be like, look, hey, yeah. come on, let's, let's meet. Let's go to Panera. Let's go to, you know, Starbucks. I, I got you. I'm going to treat you. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a matter of us stop being so self focus right and so we're, we've normalized the fact that it's about us for and no more and in the body of christ we got a lot of work to do yes and you know the church the lord is not coming back for a church with a spot and blemish we got to get this we got to get this right or we have i don't know if we can get it right because the sin factor is there but we got to at least try Yes. I don't see I don't see too many people trying. And that's I very, really don't. That's very important to just try, you know, and that's what we're doing here. We're we're here to, to further the dialogue and we're here to give everybody a seat. We're here to uh include everybody and uh we just want everybody to understand that their 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 opinion and what they have and what they believe is important. So the one thing I do want to ask you for, I mm -hmm. want you to do a spoken word for me. Yeah. And if that's okay, um, I want you to do the spoken word and uh, uh, just to give the audience a, a glimpse into uh, that part of your gifts. And, um, and after that, just, you know, let us know how we can reach you and um, how people can reach out to you and, and plug everything that you have. Sounds great. Again, thank you so much for this opportunity. A lot of my friends say to me, they're like, you're so private. You don't tell us what you're doing. Yeah. And so a, a friend that I've known for 30 years, he said he saw me on Facebook, he saw a picture of me at the com at a comedy club I just did in Indianapolis. And he said, you're a comic? <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to be. <laughs> right. So I, I really wanted to do this for my friends. Shout out to all my friends that yeah. I love. I wanted to do it for them because, like I said, they, they're like, you're so private. You don't tell your business. I'm like, well, there's a reason why I don't tell my business. And um, so this is really for my friends. So I want to dedicate this. To all my friends, you know who you are. Yes. So thank you so much. And I'm happy to do the spoken word. I wrote this five minutes. I'm not kidding. I wrote this in five minutes okay. um, on the day before Good Friday. The week, I'm sorry, the week before Good Friday. And I just, this is just my heart. So I'm happy to do this. Okay. So thank you so much. Yes. All right, here we go. He came to earth as a baby, and just maybe he had a plan that would save all of man. He grew up in wisdom and stature and confounded the wise and kept his eyes on the prize. And at 12 years old, he was lost in the temple. And when confronted by his parents, he told them, look, mom, and dad, it's very simple. I was about my father's business. Where else would I be? Can't you see I have a destiny? And all through his teens, we don't hear a thing. We don't have a clue what he was up to. Do you? 
He had three years to heal the sick, the disease, the death, the dumb, the blind, the lame, and no one would ever be the same. And he would do it all in his father's name. And time evaporated very fast. And at last, he was 30 years old, getting very bold. At least yeah. that's what I'm told. His cousin had prepared for the day, and Jesus was headed his way. John took him to the water to baptize him. By the way, will you trust the Lord today? His daddy in heaven said to the crowd very loud, this is my beloved son who I'm very proud. He will set the captives free and later be hung on a tree. He is the Messiah, the Holy Spirit fired. Then adversity set in and the evil one was added again. He tried to tempt him in the wilderness, but Jesus was a force to be reckoned with. He told Satan, you can't tempt me. This is my father's, can't you see? Satan, you have got to flee. He had 12 ordinary folks who had yokes. They followed him around the land. He was a popular man. He trained them to be fishers of men. And wherever they went, they remembered they were sent. And if people refused to greet, they could shake the dust off their feet. One was a tax collector, a mere thief who offered so much grief. Then there's Peter who would defend Jesus if it been a fight. And Jesus had to shed some light. He told him there would be a great test. And remember to do your best. I'll handle the rest. You will deny me three times before the rooster can crow. But my love for you will always be a glow. I'm counting on you to build my church on a firm foundation and to bring all men into salvation. And then there was the one who would betray, who went astray. And after the day, the Lord was led away. He was accused, used, abused, recused. And when you peruse the Bible, you'll find out why he had to die, all because of a lie. A piece of fruit was at the root of why he endured a devastating loss, but he counted the cost and died on a rugged cross. And when you understand it was as part of his miraculous plan to take a stand for all of man in order that one day we'll live in the promised land, there is a place way above the sky. And when you die, if you follow Romans 10, 9, all will be fine. Yes. Will you come to Jesus today to make sure your eternal reward is sealed and with that you'll be healed? But before you go, I need you to know that whatever decision you make is on your own because you've grown. Can you try him for just a day? He's the only way. I hope and I pray that you accept him today. Tomorrow is not certain. Just look at the news. If I didn't know him, I'd have to lose and every knee's gonna bow and every tongue will confess and your sin will be addressed will you trust them with your life it is finished we have to obey don't be led astray look for the son he's the only one won't you come to him this very minute don't be timid we're in it to win it he was crucified for a dead he didn't know and this is not a show it's about his sacrifice and what will you do with the rest of your life come to him the time is not put your trust in the most high he's the one it's not what you do it's what he's done trust him with your life and believe he will set the captives free he's the way the truth and the life he paid the ultimate sacrifice that was so awesome. Oh my goodness. Wow. <laughs> that was crazy good. Wow. I, man, that is awesome. And what's the title to that? It is finished. 
Oh, wow. Because it is. It's yeah. finished. She's already did it. Oh, my like, goodness. You know, I have people when I try to lead them to Christ, they're like, okay, what do I got to do? I'm like, it's already done, bro. Just yeah. release and just ask the Lord to come into your heart. And hey, now there is a follow through, but let's get, let's get, let's get to Christ first. Okay. Let, let's, let's get the fish. We catch the fish and then let the Lord clean them later. Okay. You know, so I always tell people it's not what you do. You don't have to stop smoking. You don't have to clean up your language. All of that is not necessary because what happens if you accept Jesus Christ into your heart is a growth. You grow. There's things that you just won't do because of your love for him. But we're not trying to clean people up. Yes. We want people to come to Christ first. That was so awesome, and I'm like just flabbergasted about how much talent that is and how um, difficult that is for some people because I'm not that good at spoken word like that. So uh, that was so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. As, as I was saying earlier, the Lord has gifted us all uniquely, and we're to use our gifts they are without repentance. That means that when he gives them to us, he's not going to revoke them. So you might as well use them. I've been called to be a pastor for over 40 years, and I dodged that bullet because <laughs> I just, I, I mean, who wants to be a pastor? Like, that's not like one of the most, do you ever hear kids at school say, yeah. oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? A pastor? No. So I dodged that for 40 years, and you know, had children and raised kids and did the production company and all that. But I still keep coming back to that pastoral piece. Yes. And that's not going to go away. And the Lord said to me, I don't care how you bring people into the kingdom of heaven. I just want them to come. Yes. And, you know, I try my hardest. Evangelism is one of my strongest gifts. I'll just go up to people randomly in the grocery store. I'm like, do you know Jesus? And they'll be, they'll either like look at me like I've lost my mind <laughs> or they'll say yes. Some of them will say yes. And I said, well, do you truly know him? Tell me a little bit about your salvation story. Yeah. And they'll ask me like right in the middle of checkout. I'm like, yeah, I can <laughs> and then the cashier is like rolling her eyes at me. But, you know, I don't want anyone to not have the privilege of having this kind of life that I've had right. where God has been with me through every single situation. And I know you have audience members who are going through some trials and some tribulations. Yes. You probably have people. I know you have people that are experiencing disability. Yes. We already talked about that. And there are people that with this COVID, the numbers of people who are affected or impacted by mental health are soaring yes and so you have that and then you have people who are dying from covid and now we got something else called monkeypox. like yeah. what, what is that <laughs> right. and so we have got to the ecclesia the called out we have got to be about our daddy's business and we have got to bring people into the fold yes. because like I said earlier, the Lord is coming for a halfway decent church. 
He's not going to find the perfect church because right. sin factors in, yeah. but he's coming for a church that is at least trying and we have go, we have to go out there and get them. We don't, we don't just build a church with a steeple and open the door and here comes the people. No, it doesn't work like that. We have to be the church outside of the church. Yes. And I've been telling pastors for years, set up a little coffee talk or do something at Panera, go to Starbucks yeah. and do something, yeah. go to a restaurant, rent out a restaurant and have people come in because people that I know will not grace the halls of a church because there's right. just too much woundedness. Right. And thank God, I'm not thanking God for COVID because this was not his deal. This is from the enemy but it's going to be used for his glory and as pastors and, and evangelists, we have to pivot and we have to figure out ways to bring people into a saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ, who he is. And yes. that's my mission through media. Yes. I just so happen to be, you know, uniquely gifted to, to tell stories. And so that's going to be, my ministry platform and if you want to yes. call it a church you can call it a church but yes. that's where god has called me yes and not only to tell stories but to be a pastor to the people who are the storytellers the, the people that are who are actors and the crew and my light has to shine and it's such a dark place yes and there's so many people that need the hope that we have and i i just truly, truly admire you sharing that with me and your story and and with the audience is just a, a such a powerful story because it sheds light on how strong people's faith can be. And I'm all about um, I like to meditate. I pray and uh, but I like to meditate a lot and I like to reflect on the things that I do that I've done. Um, and how I can go forward. And uh, it sounds like you are, are, are a very prayerful woman. And um, I admire that because I grew up in that environment where um, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and hear crying. And it would be my mother. And I thought something was wrong, but she was mm -hmm. praying. So um, uh, I've definitely experienced that. And, I, and I'm so proud of you and your story and the production company. And I just want you to uh, just tell us how to reach you. Tell us the name again of, of your production company, how we can reach you, how um, a person that might want to write that check to get everything done, how they can find you. And, Come on, and, Jesus. Hey, Come on, Jesus. We, 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 we working in here. So uh, tell us how we, can, how, how we can get a hold of Agape Production sure. and Miss Candace. Okay, so Agape is the Greek word for unconditional no love. love. Oh yeah. So Love Productions is 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 what I'm all about, and I'm incorporated. And I don't plug stuff. I'm not. Okay. I'm not that person. Like right. probably when I do have something, a movie or something plug and like Jimmy Fallon has me on the Tonight Show or something like that. Yeah. He's going to be like, okay, let's talk about your movie. I'm like, no, let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> hey. That's a that's a lot more interesting, Jimmy. Um, so um, what I, what 
what I will do, what I will say, if I have books on Amazon and I don't, I don't even sell them. I mean, like, so if someone wants to, wants wanted a, wanted a copy of either Continental Divide, which is my curriculum on racial reconciliation. Yes. That seems to be the best giveaway book right around now. Yes. Um, and then I have Women of the Corinthian Cafe and then Cast the First Stone. If somebody wants it, just email me. I'm going to just, I get them at cost, I think like $5. And I, I really, it's hope. Yes. I, how can you market hope? How That's can you right. sell hope? Oh, yeah. So if they really want it, my email address is agape, A-G-A-P-E, productions, with the S on it, Inc, I-N-C, numeral one at, ya no, not Yahoo, at gmail.com. Yes. So again, Agape Productions Inc. Number one at ya at gmail .com. It, <laughs> yes. used, it used to be Yahoo, but I got uh, I had so many I had so many emails that it just kind of crashed. Yeah. So now it's now it's uh, I had to switch over to Gmail. So yeah. So just send me a little note. Yes. I'll even pay for your postage unless like you're in like. Uh, somewhere like really far hey, we like, got a wide audience here Italy, so Italy. Italy, uh, you gotta you gotta send me some pizza and then i will some italian mom needs to make me some food and then hey. i'll send you your book no just kidding I'll hey that's it. awesome hey yeah. so i would like to ask before we uh wrap this up um can you tell us a little bit about the uh racial uh reconciliation just a little bit about sure. that book please Absolutely. So I wrote this out of pain. Again, I mean, that's like the motivating factor for me <laughs> has been pain. But um, when this was way before it, before the Floyd, um, Mr. Floyd's assassination, yeah. I wrote this book back in 19, like 1990 something, 98 or 2000. Mm -hmm. It was published in 2008. So I actually had a book that I could just pull out when this happened, but I wrote it because I've been living in this Caucasian world for over uh, something, something years. And I finally have realized that God had called me to be a missionary in this community. You hear about missionaries all the time going to Africa and China and India and all these different countries and how they sacrifice their comforts of life to be in those places to lead people to Christ. Yes. Well, I felt like I was a missionary called to be in my affluent Caucasian community with my kids right. so that they could see, especially the special needs kids, so that they could see that African-Americans want the exact same thing yes. and should be entitled to the exact same thing. Yes. And so when Mr. Floyd was assassinated, I pulled that book out and I said, you know what, let's try this again. And I started distributing it to you know people in the community and people were like, wow, yeah. we didn't know all of this. But it's basically, it's not a textbook, it's for small groups, it's a curriculum yeah. and it's for the church Okay. because until the church gets it right we can't expect anybody else to right mm. and so it is a very practical guide on how to give you some some suggestions on how to bridge the racial divide okay and it's got fun activities we have it opens with a just for fun 
and it just tells people a little bit ask questions about our culture like mickey d's what is mickey d's yeah. you know mcdonald's <laughs> um, and then it there's some very point poignant questions about how would you act if your child um, married or dated an african-american so there's a yes. lot of those questions that go both sides and then i talk about the sin problem um, that is really the reason instead of it being a skin problem, it's a sin problem. And I talk about how the historical, uh, division between, um, first of all, Adam and Eve got the party started, but then <laughs> Abraham and Sarah yeah. by them not obeying God and deciding to have a baby through Hagar. Yes. And then the conflict between Ishmael and Isaac yes. is the reason why we have nations against nations. Yes. And then I give like a little biblical perspective based on the Samaritan woman's story. And so I think that it may be helpful. I mean, if people yeah. are just trying to, I mean, I know there's so many other books out there. I've read <laughs> like maybe 70 or 80 books right. within a couple months on racial reconciliation. But I would say that this is the most practical and it gives you hands on, you know, resources on how to do, how to do life with you know, cross the divide. And then, you yeah. know, also talks about, gives you a few hints about you can hire African Americans for your board, how you can start a uh, small group book discussion. And it's, right. it's just endless. So yeah. I am so happy to, I just gave away like 30 books this wow. last week on yes. Juneteenth, yes. 30 books. So if anybody, if anybody inquires, I'll order some more, but I have to order like I don't like to just order one or two. Right. I have to order like 20, 20, 30 books. So if any of your listeners are interested, yeah. please drop me a line. Well, if someone reaches out to me, I'm definitely going to send them your way. And I'm so, um, I'm just so happy to be a part of, of your journey and be a part of your story and have you a part of my show and have you here with us. And just to be able to, to hear your mission of hope and, um, how you feel about your religion and uh, what you do. And uh, that spoken word was just off the hook. I mean, that was like, that was crazy. That was like really, really good. And I'm sure that um, uh, when the audience listens to this, they're going to rewind that and try to pick up little parts and rewind it again and try to hear it. So um, I'm just uh, overjoyed and I definitely can tell you're a great entertainer, so that's 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 <laughs> that's just like totally awesome. So, um, I would like to say thank you for being a part of the show. Um, thank you for what you do. Thank you for having such a good spirit, and thank you for um, the things that you have done to try to bridge that gap um, with the racial divide that we have uh, going on, not just in this country but around the world. And, you know, maybe one day uh, by us having a dialogue and the conversation and furthering it, maybe one day we will all be able to uh, come together and, and, and do the best we can. Because what the Duke Lot Show is all about is we're not there yet, but we can try to get there. And as long yes. as we're doing the best we can, then mm -hmm. that's all we can ask for. So thank you so much yes. for being a part of the show. And 
Um, I'm blessed today. It was a privilege. Thank you so much. And I promise you when as soon as unto the least of these or any of the things that we do, I'm coming back. I'm okay. coming back to promote. Well, I'm not going to promote it. I'm going to come back to talk about <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for the privilege of your time. Thank you so much.